0: or follow-up comments, contact us anytime by emailing info at broadwaycoc.com. I'm Jed Lovejoy, and these are Conversations with Dan. All right, hello, everybody, and welcome to another one of our conversations here with Dan. Dan. Uh, as always, we're very thankful for the people who watch the videos, share the videos, and then continue to send in questions. Yep. Especially follow up questions. Yes. Which we've got another one this week. Okay. Um, several, I think it's been months ago now, we did a video about when did the Church of Christ begin or you know, something related to the history of the Church of Christ. Uh, and so naturally, there were several questions related to that. One being, Okay, so if we're talking about the Church of Christ, and people tend to associate that with like name above the door Church of Christ, and there's people who have said for a long time, well, you think you're the only ones going to, you know, all, all that sort of stuff. Anyway, where were the Christians before there was a building with Church of Christ above the, you know, above the door, so to say? So like before the Reformation, before Restoration, all that sort of stuff, we're in like the dark ages. We're the Christians.
1: Okay. <laughs> well, <clears throat> and I looked at uh, how, the, how the person had worded their question. Um, first of all, let's go back just real briefly to the idea of you know, what is biblically, not in modern, but biblically, what is the Church of Christ? Mm-hmm. Um, the church, the congregation, the group of people, that belong to Christ, in, in Matthew 16, Jesus was talking about the fact that he is the Christ, the God's chosen king, and upon this rock, mm-hmm. he would build his church, rock. his church, Christ's church. So the church of Christ is Christ's group of people founded on the principle that Jesus is indeed our king, our master, our ruler, our Lord. Sure. In the Pentecost sermon, the conclusion of that sermon was... Let all the house of Israel know for sure that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Jesus is our king. He is our master. He is our ruler. Mm -hmm. Based on that, they asked, well, then what are we supposed to do? What does he want us to do? He told them to repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of their sins. They would receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Those that gladly received that message, Acts 2.41, were baptized and there were added to their number that day about 3,000 souls. Those people became Christ's church. Okay. And <clears throat> so, as, so from the beginning, we're talking about just
0: people following and submitting to Christ. Yes. As the
1: fulfillment of God's plan That's right. from the beginning of time. So and, and these people uh, came into this relationship with Christ in a particular way through hearing the gospel. Mm-hmm through uh, repenting of their sins, through confessing him as Lord, through being baptized into his death. Everyone who has done that over the centuries okay. has been added by God to his church. And in the book of Acts, you see that the church spread in all different places. Now, after the time of the New Testament, by the way, in the New Testament, the church is officially called uh, the, the churches, the congregations, the churches of Christ, Romans 16. 16 it's called the Church of God in first Corinthians 1 verse 2 mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> that's a real good one the Church of God which is in Corinth to all them who are sanctified in Christ Jesus called saints mm. to all them in every place that call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ that's a real good description yeah of what the church is <clears throat> so and I think that's
0: key mm-hmm. it's like a description not necessarily a Namesake it's not the
1: only thing you can call the church, that's for sure. Yeah. It's called the church of the firstborn ones who are enrolled as citizens in heaven in Hebrews 12, 22, 23. So that group of people that was established by Jesus and his apostles has continued in one way or another throughout history after the time of the New Testament. If you're reading in the early church fathers mm-hmm. in the first two or three centuries, you'll often find them referring to Christ's church or to the church of Christ or to mm. the church of God. And they're simply referring to that church which began uh, with the apostles. Yeah. Now, uh, some people later adopted a New Testament word, by the way, the word Catholic. Yes. Catholic means universal, Catholic case, universal, all over the world. So when referring to the one church... It it was was established by Jesus that you can find all over the world. Mm -hmm. That's the Catholic or worldwide or universal church. Yeah, and um, so in history, uh, there has always been, you know, the scriptures since the first century, and the scriptures are the guide to how one becomes. Part of that church, and there have been people in different places that have submitted to that mm-hmm. throughout history now in uh, for example um, there are there are doctrinal diversions from the Bible throughout history as well sure uh, there were the arising of sprinkling instead of baptism the the uh, supposed uh, Induction of infants into the church who couldn't understand the gospel or repent of sins or be, you know, choose to acknowledge Jesus as Lord. that That's not New Testament. There are many of these different things. Mm-hmm. But over the years, there were different people who tried to get back to the Bible and do just what the Bible says. And we're confident that those people were members of God's church. Yeah. For example. Okay. I was going to ask for some kind of historical yeah, examples yeah. Yeah. for example. <clears throat> for example, we have um, in um, the time of I would say the uh, England in in the late 15, early 1600s, uh, there was a group that began to be called the Anna Baptists. Yeah. I, Anna means again. Baptist baptism immersed again. Sure. Uh, But the reason they were called Anna Baptist is because by reading their Bibles, they realized that number one, sprinkling was not part of the New Testament as a form of initiation into the church. Number two, that you know, baptism was for people that heard the gospel and Mm -hmm. submitted to it. Yeah. So these people were immersed. They had been sprinkled as infants, but they were immersed in water, as the Bible says. And in mockery, they were called Anna Baptist people that think they, were, they need to be baptized again yeah. because they wanted to do it. Because well, isn't that so ridiculous? Yeah, <laughs> but but they were trying to go by the Bible, right? So it's, yeah. it's quite likely that many of those people were real New Testament Christians, mm-hmm. and. Uh,
0: well, it's like there's, there's several groups through history that, and I've talked about this in some of my singing classes, there was a big push that there was no more congregational singing. It needed to be controlled and kind of only by professionals. And people would read their Bible and they'd go, I'm pretty sure the Bible wanted us all to sing together. And mm-hmm. eventually those are kind of pockets of, of Christians throughout history that you can see them being sure. persecuted and some burned at the stake.
1: Yeah, there were, things there were like like the that. Huguenots in France mm-hmm. that were persecuted uh there were in the time of augustine in the in the 15 and excuse me in the in the fifth century uh there were the pelagians who uh did not believe in in everybody predestined uh, to either go to heaven or hell but that each person had to choose to serve god you know those people were very likely our brothers and sisters yeah. in christ and and there were, there were many others. You know, when you had um, in the Reformation, you had people like Luther and Calvin and Swingley and, and John Knox in Scotland and all these trying to go back to the Bible. Mm-hmm. Well, in various places, you know, people did that to greater and lesser degrees. And surely there were biblical Christians existing in that time. Yeah. Even in, in the Reformation, not the Reformation, but the Restoration movement, yeah. as we would call it. In the 17 and 1800s in uh, uh, Scotland and England and in the United States uh, that later became the Americas, um, Alexander and Thomas Campbell, John Scott, uh, Barton W. Stone, all these guys, um, they were trying to go back to the Bible, and they often used different terms than we did. Mm. Uh, I have uh, an original uh, edition of... Uh, The Millennial Harbinger, and of Alexander Campbell, and uh, in this, you know, and in his other works, he wrote another work called The Christian Baptist. And so, the reason that Campbell and uh, many others of that time uh, adopted the term Baptist was that it described a practice of theirs they yeah. practiced immersion yeah like the new testament christians they were like the anabaptists which you know. set them apart from a lot of groups it did time. set them apart from a lot of groups and so they weren't thinking of of that as the name of the church they were thinking of that as an identifier of their practice mm. at that time so so kind of throughout history
0: we're not going to say that We can just pick and choose and say these are definitely where the Christians were. These are definitely the people going to heaven. But there's always going to be that thread of people were trying to do their best to follow what was being preached out of the Bible rather than just the tradition of a particular And God's going to sort all that out as he is today going to sort all that out. Because like we've said before, just because you have a certain name above the door doesn't mean that you're necessarily doing it
1: right, and exactly. it doesn't
0: necessarily mean you're doing it wrong.
1: Right. And of course, um, you know, history is is the record that some people have left for what's going on. Mm. But there were there were people in different places around the world throughout history that were very much in fellowship with God's Word and very much trying to do what God's Word said. No. And uh, God said Himself that His Word would remain forever. So, wherever the seed of the kingdom is, when you plant that seed, you get the kingdom plant, see? And so, no. uh, if it's built on Jesus Christ and the Word and it's faithful to this, then they're Christians. All right, when Martin Luther um, rebelled against Roman Catholicism and and he began to spread the idea that everybody should have the Bible and he translated the Bible, Mm -hmm. there were many people that were labeled Lutherans simply because they were were supposed to follow the Bible, and there may have been many of those people who were truly restoring New Testament Christianity. Uh, Another simple uh, illustration is. In the 1300s, in the late 1300s, there was a a man who was a professor. His name was John uh, um, Wycliffe. Mm -hmm. And John Wycliffe had a bunch of students. And he encouraged them to go about and preach the Bible in the churches, which was not being done. And they were trying to get back to the Bible and just preach the gospel. So who knows how many people that they influenced were New Testament Christians in that time. Yeah. Uh, they were um, eventually persecuted uh, by uh, the Roman Catholicism of that day. But those are just a couple of more examples. And I'm not trying to take everybody in there, but I'm saying that, that the word of god being preached in those times mm-hmm. means that there must have been some people that were obeying it so yeah. there you go
0: and it doesn't necessarily mean that each of those men <clears throat> or every time you see what might have been deemed a separatist group during that time was completely
1: right no no
0: you know but i don't think anyone is ever completely right yeah
1: and, but the the thing is we don't know we can't say there weren't any christians here there weren't any christians yeah. there in all likelihood, there were Christians in yeah. those different generations that were really doing what God wanted them to do.
0: And honestly, I would I would think just the existence of this thing today proves that. Right. Because if if certain groups had had their way, they would have gotten rid of the availability of a Bible. Yep. And they would have just
1: had a church teaching or the writings of the great teachers. Yes, and the fact that that the Bible continued to exist and be disseminated mm. uh, was. Uh, that yeah, yeah. was part of the plan. So. Yeah, it
0: just encourages everyone to continue to study as they should. So I think that gives uh, the statement you made about God's going to sort it out in the end. That's exactly right. I think is the big thing for us because we do get tied up sometimes trying to make that determination. And we've we got to choose it now and say right or wrong. But if we're following this, we trust in God's grace
1: and mercy and that's right. all those th- now, different things. Now, we're not saying at all... You can do anything you want to, whether it's biblical or not, and God's going to hold you in his no. grace. No, sir. If we're trying to do what this Bible says, and we're following the Lord and trusting in the grace that He tells us about in here, then we're going to be okay. We'll let God figure that out for all the people through the ages. We're not the judges. We're just supposed to encourage people to do what God says. And do what we can in the here and now. Yep. So
0: there we go. Hopefully that... Kind of piques your interest a bit, maybe makes you dive into church history and history in general, and then again back into the Bible. Yep. So y'all have a great week. We'll see you again next time. Bye. Thanks again for listening to these weekly conversations between myself and Dr. Dan Owen. Conversations with Dan is an outreach and teaching ministry of the Broadway Church of Christ in Paducah, Kentucky. You can find us online through most of the major social media sites or through our website, broadwaycoc.com.